Hey, welcome to Politico Tech. Today is Tuesday, October 17th. I'm Stephen Overly. The UK aims to be at the forefront of the global conversation about artificial intelligence. The cornerstone of that effort is a safety summit it will be hosting in about two weeks that British tech officials are very eager to talk about. You'll hear about it twice this week on this podcast alone. So how exactly is the UK trying to steer the debate? And what does it want out of it? Michelle Donlan is the UK's Secretary of State for Science, Innovation, and Technology, a relatively new position that makes her central to the country's AI ambitions. On the show today, she tells me that although the UK does not aspire to be the world's AI regulator, the country is well-positioned to play an outside role in shaping the technology's future. I do want to start with a big-picture question here. The UK has this AI safety summit coming up at the start of November. What is the UK's broader ambition in organizing this summit? Yeah, so what we uh, did when we looked at the AI landscape, there was lots of conversations going on on a global level about AI. Uh, There's a global partnership on AI, there's the Hiroshima process, etc. But what there hasn't been is a really in-depth and targeted conversation and piece of work on solely just the frontier. And when you think about it, that is a huge gap, given that the frontier uh, frontier AI presents the biggest risks, but also, of course, the biggest opportunities for mankind. And what we want to do by setting up this summit is bringing together nations from across the globe to, to really start that conversation, start that process, that really targeted piece of work, and start something that is a long-term uh, process and something that will bring people together, especially around things like research and delving into Uh, establishing what the risks are, and then a better understanding of those risks and how to mitigate them together um, with things like guardrails, etc. But what this summit is not is, it is not a summit where we're going to then uh, together produce a a global regulator or together agree on the same legislation. This is not a one-size-fits-all summit. This is about a summit of bringing people together for the first time ever to discuss in a targeted, in-depth way, frontier AI and how we can really gain from that as mankind, but what we have to do to mitigate to make sure that it is as safe as possible. And is the idea for the UK to be at the epicenter of that conversation? I mean, I guess, why why put yourself in that position? Well, the UK is a global leader when it comes to AI. We believe that safety is important in this conversation. And we want to uh, drive forward this agenda because there is that gap. We want to bring the world together to work with our international partners, including uh, America, who we have obviously a very strong relationship in this area. And we think that it is something that is of vital importance, especially when models are being updated again next year. We know this emerging technology is, is moving so very quickly. We think that we need to be on the front foot. We need to be proactive and not reactive. And given that we've already done so much work in this space already, we are well equipped to to kickstart that conversation, if you like, with our global partners, because we've we've already got an AI task force uh, that looks specifically at the frontier, that membership includes some of the best and the brightest thinkers on AI. On that advisory panel, we've got the likes of Joshua Bengio, 
And so we've already done some of this thinking, which can help support some of our other counterparts. But equally, we want to, to learn from them too. As you mentioned, there there are a number of global conversations around AI happening, you know, through the G7, the OECD, and it sounds like this focus on frontier AI models is the way sort of the UK is differentiating the conversation that it is planning to host. And that's evident if you look at the, the agenda for the first day of the summit, which I know you just released, it focuses on, on those those frontier models. Why was that decision made? What What about those models deserves kind of this level of attention? Well, as you say, and as I said before, there's been lots of global conversations and work that we're we're a key part of as well, um, like uh, the Global Partnership of AI, like uh, Hiroshima Process, etc. And and they're looking at uh, a number of the risks and the opportunities across the board on AI, and some of them do touch on frontier, absolutely. But there isn't a conversation and a piece of work that is dedicated solely to frontier AI and is in depth. And when we think about it, Frontier AI does present the biggest opportunities and the biggest risks. So it is right that we do that piece of, of work. And when we talk about Frontier, what we what we mean is we mean highly capable models that are akin to what we're seeing now already in existence or being developed. And you'll see from the details of the uh, agenda that we put out for the first and the second day, we're covering a number of the different risks associated with Frontier. In fact, we break it down into three categories. One is around misuse, so bad actors gaining control of the technology. That could include states. Second one is about loss of control, and that, that also speaks to the unpredictable nature of the technology and the need to, to further research. And then the third one is about societal risks and societal harms that often you will hear more about in the conversation um, than the others in terms of uh, media coverage, I guess. In talking with a lot of folks about AI, you learn quickly how, how fast this technology is evolving, obviously, and some of the concerns and models that seemed problematic a year ago are, are not the same concerns we have today. I wonder what sort of led you all to believe that these frontier models pose longer-term risks that need to be addressed through this summit in, in kind of an, an ongoing way? I understand this isn't just a one-off. Yeah, so there are already risks that these models and um, and frontier AI, AI presents, and that's in existence now. And I think that's really important to stress because often when we talk about AI, people presume that this is some hypothetical risk that may never materialize. Of course, those risks could intensify, could morph into other risks, which are, are debated in the future of AI and where that will lead us to. And if, if we're going to end up with artificial general intelligence, there's a whole other debate. But what this summit will do, we'll look at the risk that is evident now, but also ensure that we have a, a framework to work together to really stay on top of that risk. As it is an emerging technology and moving so quickly, it is hard for research to keep pace with that change. And also for, for the science to ensure that we have the evaluatory process, etc., that would enable us to put in place any mitigations should we want to. And that's why we need to work together on this. At the end of the day, AI is not confined by geographical boundaries, and nor should our, uh, our approach be. That framework you mentioned for, for addressing these frontier AI issues, is that something that you expect will come out of this first summit, something to evolve over time? Mm, that's a really good question. So what we did was we were quite transparent about what we want from this summit. We laid out some key objectives that we want to succeed on. 
I think just bringing people to the table for this conversation is in itself a, a success because some countries have been more developed in their thinking in this than other countries and they haven't been round the table physically to discuss this. So just kicking off this process is a great win. But we've got to do more than that. And what we want to ensure is that this is a, a long-term process, that this summit becomes a, a fixed date in people's diaries. It will rotate around different countries is how we envisage it. Um, we're not saying that this would constantly and consistently be in the UK, not at all. But we also want it to set up a permanent network for countries to work together on things like research and, and to establish some, some long-term frameworks to ensure that we can really drill down into the risks and stay on top of those risks and also be seizing these amazing opportunities. The summit isn't just talking about the risks. It's talking about why are we even trying to grip these risks so that we can seize all these opportunities and what do these opportunities mean and how can we get them into our public services, not just here in the UK, but across the globe? How can we ensure that AI is a force for good in, in developing nations to tackle things like food insecurity or to tackle global challenges like climate change? And I think working strategically with our partners will mean that we're more impactful in trying to deliver AI as a force for good as well as mitigating the risks. You know, my understanding, one of the one of the countries represented on the first day of the summit will be China. And there has been some consternation about whether China should have a seat at the table, I think, given the, the way it's used AI to date, including for things like surveillance. How will China's presence on on that first day affect these talks? So I, we all know how um, incredibly uh, important China's economy is uh, to the global economy. And we know that they are a global leader when it comes to AI. So we have two choices. We either bury our heads in the sand and ignore that fact and ignore China. And I don't think that that would be very effective. Or we we work with them. We bring them to the table. We have that conversation with China and with other partners so that we really can be effective. Because as I said, you AI doesn't stop at geographical borders. We do need to have some consistency in our approach. We do need to collaborate on things like research if we're going to be effective. And we do need to discuss what mitigations need to be in place now, but also in the future. We need to keep that conversation live as AI develops. And so I think it's fundamentally important that we're doing that with with China and with other countries that have a a, a leading role in terms of AI production as well as AI consumption. Well, to play devil's advocate there, I guess, you know, it, it seems like in the past that sort of crossroads has been faced, whether to ignore or, or embrace and, and maybe try to reform, you know, China. Candidly, from the U.S. perspective, it seems like uh, any any hope to maybe reform China has been abandoned at this point. Um, I, I guess my question then is, you know, whether you expect to be able to get China to agree on some of these safety concerns or solutions for addressing them. Well, I think that goes back to what is this summit designed to do? You know, this summit is not designed to produce a global piece of legislation that we're all going to sign up to. It's not designed to produce a um, a global regulator on AI, but it is designed to start a conversation of what do we actually believe the risks are here? There's lots of debates in different areas. How are we going to stay on top of that? How are we going to work together on research? What what research are we going to share with each other? How are we going to have um, long-term networks and processes established? And what mitigations do we think need to be established? And 
we're not all going to agree on all of that. We're not all going to have the same approach. But if we're going to be effective and we're going to make sure that we are gripping AI and the risks as much as we possibly can to seize the opportunities, we've got to have an inclusive conversation and not cut out one of the global leaders on AI. Well, I want to follow up on that point, you know, that for especially the second day of the summit, my political colleagues have reported that the UK plans to pitch this idea of an AI safety institute that would sort of act as an advisor to to countries as they're looking at rules and regulations for AI. Can you talk about that and what the vision is there? So what we've what we said so far is that we want to um, work together to ensure that this this summit is the start of a network of countries working together. We have also talked to um, other countries about the fact that we have this uh, world leading AI frontier task force, uh, as I said before, filled with some of the, the best and the brightest AI thinkers, not just in the UK, but from across the globe. People like Joshua Bengio, who's often referred to as one of the three godfathers of, of AI. So really top talent is in there. And we've, we've dedicated more money than any country in the world to AI safety to date. So we already have um, this institution, if you like, that is, is part of government and that is, uh, is doing uh, a great deal of work. What we, what we want to do is, is continue to talk to other countries about how can that be useful for them as well? And what could the future of that look like? And what are other countries thinking in this space? And how can we work together? And that's one of the, the really uh, productive and, and full conversations we want to have in this summit. We'll be right back. I know a number of the uh, large technology companies are also going to be uh, in the UK for the summit. I'm curious from your perspective, what what is the role that companies like, you know, a Microsoft or Google or Meta should have in shaping, you know, the UK's approach to AI and, and the global approach to AI? I'll tell you, you know, I interviewed one of the EU legislators who, who's been behind their AI Act, and he essentially said, you know, the big tech companies are a resource of knowledge, but cautioned against you know, giving them too much say in their own oversight. Um, I wonder where you where you come out on that. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, on, on day one, the uh, invitee list the, uh, um, is is basically very balanced. So we've got a third who are representatives from countries, so ministers, a, a third that are representatives from civil society. And when we say that, we mean leading academics, leading thinkers, experts on this area. And a third that are from companies. Some of those are from uh, the, the top massive companies like uh, like the likes of Anthropic and, and Google DeepMind. And others are from smaller um, uh, companies that are uh, less mature in their development. But I think it is really important that they're all part of this conversation. And if we're going to get this approach right, then this cannot just be governments talking to governments. We also have to talk to the experts on this. We also have to talk to those that are in industry at the moment and have a detailed and thorough understanding of what the state at which this technology is at and what they're on the cusp of, of developing. And um, if you speak to uh, a number of these companies, they will tell you that they are they are themselves quite uneasy with the situation that they're finding themselves in 
because there is is somewhat of a uh, a democratic deficit and there does need to be this collaborative counterweight which potential mitigations uh, could help with things like responsible capability scaling which is on the agenda uh, for us to talk about which is I describe it because let's face it it's a bit of a mouthful in terms of a term I describe it more as a a smoke alarm which is basically about a company being able to do all the kind of safety checks that you would have in in another industry and having the processes in place at which point they they know they have to act and what measures they have to take and then a, a close relationship with the government in which they are uh, in the in the country working uh, working with and uh, do you anticipate that these companies can be kind of reliable partners in that you know i think there are some skeptics given you know some of the track record especially for the social media firms um you know, with how they've managed past platforms, uh, whether, you know, they can really be trusted with with something as powerful as these frontier AI models. So what, the approach that we've tried to take here in the UK is one very much of fostering innovation. So what we don't want to do, and there's been a, you know, a little bit of a, of a narrative of some people concerned when anybody references AI and, uh, and regulation that we might be about to, uh, to, to draw up the, the drawbridge and exclude the opportunities for those that are not yet at the level of the likes of Anthropic or OpenAI to get there. And that's certainly not what we want to do. We want to be the home of innovation here in the UK. We want to attract more AI companies to locate here in the UK, to grow here, to, to create the jobs here. And that's why we've adopted a regulatory approach of our white paper earlier this year that seeks to be nimble and agile and proportionate, but but based on principles, principles like fairness, like safety, like transparency that are adopted consistently throughout all of our regulators. Um, so certainly we're, we're not about to um, overly regulate the sector and nor are we listening to just one voice of the sector. We're listening to companies of all different uh, sizes and also not just the companies. We're listening to the experts, as I said a moment ago. And what we've been doing here in the UK is we've got a bit of a, a road to the summit, if you like, a roadmap to the summit, which involves lots of different roundtables with uh, different cohorts, different groups like those I've just described, lots of uh, stakeholder meetings and trying to really do deep dives into subjects with these people. And then after the summit as well, because the summit is 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 a really integral part of our work internationally. But it is the start of a journey. And it certainly is not the extent of all of our work here in the UK. It is just a a, a very important piece of our jigsaw. Well, that goes right into my next question. I think anyone who's been involved in any sort of major summit or meeting will tell you that uh, most of the work kind of happens uh, in advance, you know, and by the time you actually get to the event itself, um, you know, it's it's just about uh, letting it play out. Um, and, I, and I know that you and your staff have been crisscrossing the globe, you know, drumming up support for the summit um, and, and for sort of, you know, some sort of ag- agreement of sorts or framework to um, eventually come out of it. I, in those conversations, what has been the, you know, the biggest point of agreement, you know, when you meet with other counterparts around the world that they sort of immediately see eye to eye on? Mm, no, that's a really good, really good question. And obviously, it is, it does vary. Because it, some countries are, their thinking in this area is much, much more developed than, than others. Um, but I think everybody has a, a great appreciation that this 
this is a potential game changer for humanity. I personally describe it as though you know we are standing at a crossroads in human history, and uh, we have a, an obligation to really uh, turn the right way on this. And um, so I think there is that appreciation, but there is a big appreciation as well that with that comes risk and that we need to have a better understanding of those risks. And nobody has all the answers when it comes to AI because of the very nature of it being an emerging technology and moving so fast, as you said before. And um, so I, I think a lot of people have welcomed the opportunity for this conversation and welcome the opportunity for us to work collaboratively on the research side of things, because that will be fundamental to our understanding and our approach. The natural follow-up then, I guess, is in the in those conversations. What's been your observation on the biggest point of disagreement or, or the area where you think it might be the hardest to to get folks to align? Well, I, I don't think we are trying. We're not trying to get everybody to align to a one size fits all picture via this summit. That's that's not the purpose of it. So we're not trying to get everybody to sign up to a standard regulatory approach. Some countries will legislate earlier than others. Like you said, the EU have already been progressing legislation. Same with Canada. Other countries will will look to what we're doing here in the UK and say, well, actually, what they're, they're focusing on is trying to understand the problem before they rush to do the solutions. And um, this summit is not designed to get everybody to agree on one process, uh, on, one, on one fixed response. Um, but it is designed to get people to to form some basic agreement around some of the principles and uh, and some of the, especially the principles around the risk and working together on research and working together on, on a shared sense of, of learning. And this is just, as I said, the very beginning of this journey. We are not going to solve and do everything in relation to AI within this summit, but it will start something that will you'll look back on in 10, 20 years time and say that was the beginning of when the world really coalesced around AI safety and recognised that we've got to grip some of these risks together if we're going to truly seize these opportunities. I definitely hear your point that the the goal of this is not to get everyone to align on a, a regulatory approach. Um, I guess my question in part was just in terms of those principles, because so many countries are in different places right now on AI, whether there was a component of the principles on which even uh, so far finding agreement is a challenge. No, no, and I don't think there is uh, really. Um, and that certainly not struck me in, in those conversations. We will, of course, see when when it comes to the summit. We haven't um, prearranged everything uh, to do with the summit. We really do want it to be a thorough conversation. You'll see from the agenda, it's it's jam-packed with lots of really important conversations. We want to delve into things like uh, rush simulation to elections. Many countries, including the UK, have got big elections coming up. We want to talk about things like responsible capability scaling, like I, I, I spoke about a moment ago, you know, what national policymakers should be doing, uh, what the international community can do together to tackle the risks and the opportunities. These are big over um, overarching questions where I'm sure there will be some disagreement and I'm sure there will be some real food for thought. Um, but that is genuinely the purpose of this summit. Well, you mentioned earlier in our conversation the idea that the summit would be annual and, and but not always hosted in the UK. Have, have you identified who the next host will be? No, I, these are the things that we are uh, we're, we're considering and talking to our, our partners about. And who knows, you know, that 
Um, it may may have to be more uh, more frequent than annual. Uh, the rate of the, the change in uh, progress in this technology is 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 not comparable to anything we've seen before. When you think about the fact that man went from the horse and cart to uh, to to uh, to being in a, a space shuttle in one lifetime, and then you consider the fact that just just. Uh, Five years ago, large language models couldn't even string a coherent sentence together. And now they can pass things like the bar exam. And that is the pace of change that we're seeing. It is, it, I would argue, not comparable to any other technological advancement that we have, have um, undertaken before. Well, Secretary, thank you so much for joining us on Politico Tech. Thank you. And I really enjoyed uh, spending the time and chatting with you. I hope to get to do it again soon. Thank you. That's all for today's Politico Tech. For more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters, Digital Future Daily and Morning Tech. Music in today's show comes from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our senior producer is Annie Reese. Our editors are Steve Heuser, Daniela Cheslow, and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overly. I'll see you back here tomorrow.